With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. I'm Cameron. We got Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation. And we got Scott. Hey, how we doing, you fans? All right, it's great to be talking some Ute football, especially after last week with a bye. Bye weeks are awful. Oh, they're horrible. Especially when you get the honey to-do list. I spent, here's here's my Saturday, because we haven't had a free one all fall. Clean out the garage and rake leaves. Yep. Till dark, I was doing that. That's what I did too, and it was my my yard needed it, but boy, so, was uh, it awful! It's good to have you back, Utes. Before we talk some Ute football and break down this Arizona State team, just a couple of notes of the news: Utes move up in the polls, twelfth in the coaches and thirteenth in the media. So they move up in a bye week. It's always great to be in the Pac-12 and get that recognition. And another point of news, Scott. I know you're stoked about this. I'll let you have this moment. Drum roll, please. Really good news. I'm pretty excited about this. Just trying to contain myself. We have been waiting as you fans patiently week after 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 week. Yes, count it. Eight weeks since we have donned red helmets. They've done it. They're bringing back the red helmets. It's about time. Hallelujah. I need a Kleenex. (laughs) Well, it was bound to happen for them to bust out the red helmets because Ute Equipment on Twitter has been getting blown up with Ute fans outraged with no red helmets. I was one of them. Now if we just get gray. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of gray, did you see Arkansas over the weekend? They wore all gray at home. It was awful. It was beautiful. Kudos, kudos, Utes. Way to bring way, way to bring the home colors back. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just excited not to have to root for Highland High this week. It's kind of funny that for years we were like, oh, if we just get like a black helmet sometime, or if we just get a white helmet, and now we've gotten to a point where we're like, can we just get our usual <laughs> helmets back? It's kind of funny how things come it's back true. full circle. And the black helmets don't. Well, don't get me look, wrong. I mean, mullets. That's that's how mullets came back. Or Daisy Dukes. Daisy Dukes. The black helmets are cool. Were skinny jeans ever in? Only in Provo. Like in the 70s? No, I think those bell bottoms in the 70s. Well, Peace would know. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Peace. So the youth's coming off after a bye week. I think it's really important that we get a lot of guys back that have been on injury. I know at the beginning of the year, I didn't like the bye being this late. But with all our injuries that have happened, I'm actually kind of glad that we've had it this late. 
Oh, the the buy came at a perfect time. You know, not something we could have anticipated uh, the start of the season, but perfect time. Late in the season, get guys healthy for this final stretch run, these final three games. So it came at the perfect time. And we really should see everybody back. Moss is supposed to be 100%. Uh, Troy McCormick Jr. Now, if you haven't heard, he now has a junior on the end of his uh, name. So Is that why he hasn't played? They didn't get the junior on the jersey? <laughs> he was he was protesting. <laughs> Whit finally gave in. But we should see Marcus Williams back. Corey Butler Bird, who missed. The Washington game should be back. Or could be back this week, what Winningham said. Your boy Harrison Handsome Hanley. Handsome Hadley, we need him. That'll be big to get all of them back. But it, let's talk about this for real real quick. Corey Butler Bird is huge for this team. In our two losses, he has not played. That's cons- that's a considerable impact, I think. Well, and, and you know, both those losses are just one play here or there is is it you know whether switches those uh, results around. Whether so whether it's in the kick return game or whether it's him playing wide receiver, anything could have happened that could have flipped those games. Well, and it's interesting because you know last year he played primarily defense. We saw him offensively here and there. Got kicked out of the uh, the bowl game for two uh, personal fouls or unsportsmanlike mm-hmm. uh, penalties, and then switches over to offense. Sits out the first first two games of the season, the minute he got in against uh, San Jose State made a huge impact early on, and he's continued to do that week after week. So kind of surprisingly, he's kind of been one of the offensive stars of, of the season. And yeah, I think I think things definitely would have been different if we had him against Washington and against Cal. So getting him back, I, th- I think sounds like he still may be the biggest question mark out of everybody, whether or not he will be back come Thursday. It'll also be huge to get Marcus Williams back at safety. Fogle did did a pretty good job back there, but Williams is just... I mean, you have an NFL talent safety. He can cover it's hard so to much space. Him. Well, exactly. So we get him back, but the nice thing is, we now know what we have behind him oh, yeah. in Fogle, where yeah. we really didn't know before. So, we, you know, we've got some added depth of the safety position, so that's, that's going to help but yeah, as uh, we, we're getting all these guys back for this stretch run, three it's a three game season, as Wit likes to allude to. So I'm I'm really excited. This uh, it all starts Thursday, and quite frankly, there's really no excuses at this point. This is a game Utah should win. You know, we've seen it over the past. ASU can be can be dangerous. We're traveling down to ASU. It's their senior night. Senior night. Th- these these are the types of games in years past where, to an extent, we just play to the level of our competition and and don't take care of business. So much like Arizona last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 quite frankly, there's many games over the course, even back to the days in the Mountain West, where where that's happened. So, to me, this is going to be a big, a very telling game for where we are as a program and w- the mindset of this team. If we can go down there and take care of business and like we should, that's going to tell that's going to tell a big uh, big statement for the remainder two games. So now there's one kind of injury that's coming back. I I really want to break down kind of talk about the center position. If Lowe can come back this week, do you want him 
to come back in the starting lineup, or do you think that Nick has done enough to win the job? I think without question, Nick's the guy. No. No. Why Why do you say no, low? I, I won't interrupt. Go ahead. Okay, here's the deal. Ryan, put two minutes on the clock for him. <laughs> I'm going to stay within these two minutes. Just watch, and I will answer the question. Here's That's the deal. The first. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's just, he, I've already lost 30 seconds. That was a total Trumpism right there, <laughs> just throwing a jab in as they start to talk. Okay, the offensive line has never been better over these last three games. Nick, I don't care that he's four-string. Yeah, Against Arizona, things were rough there, but he's found a rhythm. The entire offensive line has found a rhythm, and now we're going to switch out our center position for a guy who hasn't played since Cal and just expect to be to find that rhythm. It's, it, it's going to take time. The ball's rolling. Leave it be. If, if Nick does not uh, meet the expectations, okay, then make a change, but... I think uh, I think he's earned the job and he's earned uh, the earned the position. I have to side with Scott on this. I think after you go through three games where your running back has almost rushed for seven hundred yards, you don't mess with that. You got you stick with what's working. There was a reason why Low was ahead of him this whole season. I don't want to take anything away that Nick has done up to this point. He's played well. He stepped in when we didn't have anyone else. No, but he but that's the thing. He hasn't gotta, just stepped in. He's yeah. done the job. Mm. He he's performing at a level that we mm. wanted JJ Dillman to, to play at. I don't know. I no. There I, hasn't been any okay, weird okay, snaps. I, hey, I have Yes, there has. Yeah, against Arizona. Hey. There I swear in the Washington game Washington game he had a snap in Oh, there was a snap. Okay. Here's the other thing. We're not picking up blitzes very well, and that's on the center. He has to make those adjustments for the whole line. Are you calling him dumb? He has to be... No. He has to be that leader on the line. And yes, the offensive line has improved. Our running game has been great. But what has it been? It's been pulling guards. It's been bulls. It's been Isaac Asiata that have been dominating. That's That's not true. That's just simply not no, true. It is. No, but that's not true. Nick Nick has been doing a great no, job. I'm not here ripping on Nick. I told you he's done a good job. He's done a serviceable job. But there's a reason why he was behind low all season. Yeah. Guess what? Third and fourth string, there's not much of a difference when it comes to that point. If you're one or you're two, okay, that's one thing. When you're getting third, fourth, or fifth string, does it really matter? Nobody cares. I mean, Whittingham talks all the time about depth charts and how he doesn't pay attention to depth charts. The depth charts that are released aren't even correct half the time. So, so if it didn't matter, then why did Lowe play ahead of him? What I'm, what if I, if it doesn't matter, then why did Lowe play ahead? What of I'm him? saying, no, no. Answer my question. If Lowe, this guy's and Nick unbelievable. Were even, or if Nick was ahead, why was Lowe playing ahead? Lowe was playing ahead because obviously the coaches thought that he was the better center, and that's fine. Guess what? The coaches also thought Bubba Poole was a better running back than Devontae Booker for half the season his his uh, junior year. So, you know, you can't put too much into stock on. I don't really care what they think of who's better between third and fourth string. What what matters is results and what yeah, results. and what is what is results. taking place. We had a a blitz come in the end of the Washington game that no one picked up. That that was on that was on Bulls. 
that was not on the center. The center has to call that out. He has to make those. Adjustments. Oh my goodness! No. Here's here's what I I the continuity and the chemistry are important, but what it boils down to is who can get the job done. I could care less who it is. I mean, true. We're arguing over the the fifth and sixth string center, but let me say this. But I will I say, will trust Harding, and when he starts low on Thursday, <laughs> I will be proven right. All right. That was on Bulls, by the way. And that's not on the center calling anything out or not calling anything out. All right, so that kind of do it for the notes of the Utes coming out of the bye week. So let's kind of break down this Arizona State team. Ryan, what do you got? Let's talk offense first with ASU. So their quarterback, Manny Wilkins, is uh, seems to be a, the most healthy he's been in several weeks. And when he's healthy, he's a pretty dangerous quarterback. And he's completing over 60% of his passes, which complements his running ability as well. So also, in addition to their quarterback, they've got two good running backs in Demario Richard and Kalen Balazs, who are averaging about 118 yards a game. And they tend to use Balazs a lot in a wildcat formation, and he's got 12 touchdowns when they use him in that in that formation. So I definitely think that their strength on their team is their offense. Yeah, because it's not their defense. You're right. I think their offense is their strength. They score a lot of points. I think they're averaging about 35 points a game, which is fairly high in college, across the country in college football. However, in total yards, when you combine their rushing and their passing, they're only averaging 395 yards a game, which puts them at 10th in the conference. Yeah, I'm, they 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 they've looked good in moments. They've had some good games early on. I mean, they started what four zero. Yeah, they started out. Um, and you know, I mean, they one of those wins was a last second win against uh, San Antonio. So, you know, they, they they've looked good in moments, but they've also battled through some injuries. Ryan, as you alluded to, uh, um, Manny Wilkins is coming back from from injury, and uh, who was the uh, day one starter. But the problem is they run him a lot. He he's your he's your prototypical dual threat quarterback. He's pretty good through the air, you know, completing over sixty percent of his passes. That's what we want our quarterback to be doing. Um, but he's he's pretty elusive on the ground as well. The problem is he he gets a lot of contact. He does not shy away from it. And part of the problem is that's why he can't stay on the field. Well, then 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 if he goes down, where do they go? Because they're back up to him. The original second, the original second string guy is done for the season. Yeah, he's done. So they they go the directly to the third stringer. Is questionable this week. So whether that will affect their game plan and if they're going to try and keep him uh, keep him from from taking some shots, if if uh, I think that'll be hard to do. I mean, this is Graham's offense. He well, if if Graham's anything like Rich Rod, he won't care, and he'll just run his quarterback till he dies. And I kind of think that's how Graham is. Yeah, I, I think that is how Graham is. I mean, he is. He is bizarro. He is a moron. And with his Britney uh, Spears headset. So this not only for what's on the line, but we gotta beat these guys just for the fact that I can't can't lose to Todd Graham. But I mean, offensively, I, I think we're gonna see a lot of that wildcat with Kalen Balage. They've they've done that a lot. I mean he's got twelve twelve touchdowns on the season already. Um and uh, it's probably their way of trying to save their quarterback yeah well and they've been effective in it i mean he's and he's a bigger running back he's not he's a big dude 
And, uh, you know, in doing that, as we all know, it, you know, gives you one more additional blocker. Um, having the, having the quarterback or the guy taking the snap get that. So we'll see that a lot. Obviously, Whittingham will, uh, has had plenty of time to, with the bye week to plan. So it'll be interesting, but if we come, if we show up and do what we're supposed to do, I think, uh, I think we can make their offense look pretty anemic. All right, so now switch over to uh, to Arizona State's defense. They are all over the board defensively because right in the league, they're right now in total defense, they're 10th in the league. So they're at the bottom. They're giving up over 513 yards a game and have surrendered 40 touchdowns. If you compare that to Utah, we've given up just 24 on the season. So, but this is what's this is what's really interesting when I look at this defense. They are dead last in the conference in pass defense. They're giving up over 397 yards a game, almost 400 yards. They're giving up every game through the air, and then you contrast that to what they're doing with their rush defense. They are first in the league, giving up only 116 yards on the ground. Part of that part of that is just because they nearly blitz every down. Um, but, uh, you looking at that, they're dead last in the league in pass defense. Take it one step further. They're dead last in college football. They're ranked 128th in the country in pass defense. Wow. This be a good opportunity for Troy Williams to step up and great for if, if Corey Butler burns back and combine with Patrick and just. Throw that ball all I think over the Troy field. better have a big game than this. Dear A-Rod, I hope you're listening. We cannot abandon the run, but you better throw the ball a lot. And down These field. guys suck. <laughs> throw it downfield, please. Yeah, no more screen passes. In all serious, two years ago when we went down to ASU, we lost in overtime off a missed field goal from, from Andy Phillips. In that game... I, I remember we just ran, we ran, we ran, we ran, and we had no success. And we just, we struggled all game long offensively trying to put points up on the board. You know and, why we ran though, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's we. Because we couldn't decide if Thompson or Wilson was the quarterback. I know. We had, we had our issues. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. But it's clear. This is a game where. We need Troy Williams to step up. He has been he's been pretty sluggish. He's been pretty average at the quarterback position over the last three to four games. This is a defense that he can go and he can attack. They are not very good. And with what we're able to do in the running game, that's going to be their focus. So we're going to have the opportunity to throw the ball hit open guys, and get big plays through the passing game. And there's really no excuse for not. I mean, they're dead last. The thing that scares me is, what did we all say coming into the Cal game? Yeah. Oh, they have a horrible defense. Mm-hmm. We'll be able to score a million points on them. Well, all of a sudden they showed up and played uh, probably one of their better defensive games. You know, we didn't do a, do we didn't help the situation all that well, not, not being able to throw and run the ball all that effectively. But this is a game, there's really no excuses. We've got to take advantage, throw the ball, get some big plays, get some easy scores. And you've got to be able to score when you're in the red zone. Well, and see, yeah. that's the thing, is their defense is not that good in the red zone. No. And that's where Utah has struggled. So we're fighting the 10th game of the year. We're still having problems in the red zone. 
maybe by luck this is the game where we can fix that. You know, I I caught a little bit of uh, I caught a little bit of Bill Riley's show this afternoon when he was interviewing uh, John Peace, and the part that I heard was that uh, Peace was talking about how during this bye week that Utes really worked on their red red zone offense from the twenty to the ten, and then from the ten to the goal line, and then short yardage inside the five. So hopefully that repetition of of working on that will pay off in this game. Well, and I think this is going to be a big test for what we just talked about, the offensive line, because they are first in the conference in rush defense. That doesn't mean we can't rush on them. I mean, UCLA had a great rush defense, and look what we did to them. So we just can't abandon it and just throw the ball 60 times. But I think I don't think we're going to have the, the results of, of rushing it 35 times for 250 yards. We're going to have our moments where we can get, gain the, the yardage that we need. But yeah, we've got to be better in the red zone. We've got to be a little bit more creative and just and and just just take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of us. Because quite frankly, I don't even care if uh, if Todd Graham is stealing our signals again. Their defense is that bad where we should be able to score on them, whether they know what's coming or not. Well, especially when they blitz so often, when you've got a quarterback who can throw the ball accurately, that leaves so much of the field wide open. You've just got to you've got to hit the receivers, and then it's well, and then they got to make the plays, and and we've seen it. I mean, they they have, you know, inconsistently, but they have been making those plays, and so I mean, this is a game. I mean, with all that's on the line, coming off a of bye week, just got to take care of business, and uh, and you know, even even with that being said, I mean, we're we're second in the in the conference right now, or excuse me. Second in the nation, first in the conference at time of possession. But that time of possession is basically acquired through the running game. So does that does that change the game plan this week if we're not going to be running it as effectively or even as much? Um, you know, that could change things quite a bit. So it'll be interesting to see what the game plan is from A-Rod uh, coming into this game. You know, and I think a lot of that will determine what success they have early and uh, um, what they what they know they can take advantage of and then find success through that. So, But it's all on the line. So there's one player that I really want to talk about real quick. It's their kicker, Zane Gonzalez, who's the all-time leader in field goals in NCAA. He's 20 of 21 on the year. He hit a 59-yard field goal against Colorado, and his only miss was over 50 yards. And for 50 yards, he's 6 of 7 on the year. He's a weapon for him. He is. He's a great kicker, but he can kick as many field goals as he wants as long as we're scoring touchdowns. <laughs> well, that's a pro- yeah. This but, better not turn into a field goal competition. But I think that's one area of their offense that's helping them score as high as they are and having as much success in the red zone as an offense is because they have a great kicker, and that's something that Utah should be prepared for. I know a lot of times this year we've seen kind of the bend don't break, um, especially in the first half. And I think we got to eliminate that to keep Zane Gonzalez from coming in and, and keeping them in the game with field goals. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if if they're in field goal range, like you just said, he's he's missed one on the season. He's got ninety-one points scored on the season. He's, I mean, he's he's far and away scored the most points for them. So they rely on him a lot. 
But like Ryan said, hey, kick as many field goals as you want because if we can take advantage of of their poor defense and just put the ball in the end zone, they're going to, you know, then kick field goals all day and we'll still be fine. All right. So I like we do at the end of every podcast, we like to pick the Utah game and score and then the Pac-12 games of the week. So we'll go ahead and do Utah at Arizona State where Utah's a five and a half point favorite. It's my week to go first. Vegas has this game closer than what it really is going to be. I think Utah wins this one going away. I want to blow out 31-17. Ryan, where are you going? I am going with the Utes as usual, and I'm going to go with a blowout as well. I think Utah wins 41-24. And Scott? Um, coming off a of bye week, I, uh, yeah, I've got pretty high expectations and, uh, so I would like, you know, I really would like to see us put uh, 40 plus points up on the board. And I think if we do that, uh, we win pretty handily. I'm going to go 41, 27. All right. And then our pack 12 games of the week. Uh, and to do a recap real quick, Scott is cheating. He's in first place. He's been stealing our signs, <laughs> much like Graham. Uh, he's twenty-one and six. Yeah, you're gonna need some sheets to cover up. <laughs> Ryan is eighteen and nine, and I'm at seventeen and ten. Freaking Cal was my pick of last. Why week. would you put Freaking faith in Cal. Sunny Dykes? Hey, hey, for the first half, you you guys got nervous. No, actually, we for didn't. The first half, you guys got nervous. <laughs> Putting faith in Sunny Dykes. Hey, it. I have to make. That's like well, I turning on 1280 and expecting a, a good radio show. <laughs> I got to pick wild cards to try to catch at, up. At the listening or seeing the final score of that game and then thinking, we lost to that Cal team. Holy cow. We, we get reminded of that every week. They are oh. so bad. So our, our first game of this week is USC at Washington, where Washington is an eight-point favorite. So I don't know why, but for some reason... Ever since before the season started and Washington started getting all this hype, it's really pissed me off towards them. <laughs> and yes, after watching them in person, they're a good team, but I hate picking them. Is so it because going... of their is it their coach's haircut? <laughs> no, that's Colorado. <laughs> so I gotta go USC, fight on. Ryan, who do you got? Oh, I'm torn with this one because I part of me wants Washington to continue to win so that we have an opportunity to beat them again in the Pac-12 championship. But I think USC is playing really well. They've, I think they've got a little chip on their shoulder for being left out of the top 25 again this week. They haven't lost since we beat them. It isn't Washington. Um, I'm going to pick Washington. Ryan will never pick against the spread. <laughs> Scott, who do you got? Who's beating you, fool? <laughs> Scott, who do you got? Um, I'm gonna go with uh, I think Washington. I'm woof. I'm woof woofing it today. I uh, I think Washington at home. They're. I mean, we all know how good of a team they are, but at home, it's gonna be a good game. I'm excited to watch it. But I think USC has been. They've looked they've looked really good, but at the at the same time they've kind of looked sloppy at, at times, and you're not going to get away with that against Washington. So, I think their uh, five game winning streak comes to an end. Woof woof. 
hey, I would love USC to lose and Colorado because if Utah can run the table, I want them to be outright South Division champs and not have any co-champions. <laughs> Our next game is Cal at Washington State, where the Cougars are a 14.5 favorite. I'm really impressed with what Leach is doing. I honestly thought that he lost that locker room, that he lost that team when he called them a JV softball team. But man, is there any coach in the country that can call out his team like that and have them go on a winning streak? He can call out anybody. It doesn't matter what he golly. does. He's been saying strange things for he'll a lock, decade he'll now. He'll lock a kid in the shed, and he'll <laughs> come back out, and he'll run the table. I mean, they're undefeated in conference. It's going to be a battle with them in Washington. Even though I picked USC before, I kind of hope they're both undefeated for that Apple Cup. So I'm going to go Washington State over Cal. Ryan? Cal... Is turning into a big dumpster fire, and Washington State is on fire. That score against Arizona—I didn't see the game, but when I looked and saw that score, I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, Washington State for sure. Scott, I'm kind of surprised it's only fourteen and a half. I got him too. I honestly think it's because people hate Leach or something. Because I was actually shocked too that it was fourteen and a half. It's, I mean, I mean it, we're recording this on the seventh on Monday night, so it probably will move more towards Washington State as the game gets closer. Yeah, I mean Cal can score, but uh, I mean realistically, as bad as Cal is, I think Washington may score ninety points in this game. <laughs> so I, I don't even think it's going to be close. I think Washington State wins in a rout. What we should do is an over under on how many times Leach responds to a question in the post game that he will not answer questions about his opponent for not does he want to get fined whatever he says <laughs> all right and then our last game where the oregon state beavers are traveling down in the rose bowl to ucla where ucla is a 12 point favorite i don't even know where to begin with these two teams <laughs> ucla was supposed to be the top of the conference they're probably not even going to make a bowl they might get lucky hey, to make in, a bowl in farful we trust in farful we trust and farful i trust UCLA wins. I'm so mad at UCLA for blowing that Cal Colorado game last week, but yeah, I got to go with UCLA at home against Oregon State. Not so fast, my friends. <laughs> I am. I, I don't know why I'm putting my uh, my lead in jeopardy here, but I am going to go with Oregon State because if you look at the two programs, Oregon State. He's playing better football right now than UCLA. I mean, talent-wise, it's not even close. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon State could uh, could win this because UCLA is just, I mean, they've packed it in. They don't even care at this point. Well, and I think a 12-point spread is a little high. I think it's oh, going to be yeah. a lot closer. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to a field goal. They're, they're getting 12 points because they're UCLA. I mean, it's, it's name recognition at this point. I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Beavs. If UCLA loses this, I think Jim Mora's office will be packed up waiting for him when the game's over. Wow. All right, Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? Oh, are you back from bye week? I am off All my right. bye. Where I am, I am rejuvenated. I, I took some downtime and uh, drank a lot of chocolate milk, so I'm, I'm ready to go. So, um, yeah, I'm back. Twitter, Uteman underscore forever. Um, for all of you out there, give us a listen. Give us a follow. We promise to entertain. We promise to tell good stories. 
A little singing in there too. And uh, and go Utes. Alright, you can always go to our home at utahmanpodcast.com and we're on Twitter and Instagram at utahmanpodcast. And you can always download us on iTunes, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast on the internet. And go Utes. Go Utes. We'll be teladakayai. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah. The Contacted thing. Maybelline like Derek Carr. <laughs> <laughs> Cam bought two bathtubs to put on his deck. <laughs> because when the, that when the moment's right, you got to have a porcelain tub nearby. <laughs> Down in Tempe, Arizona. Tempe. Oh, Tempe. <laughs> are you are you are you new to this country? Back in, this game is being held in Farfel. <laughs> whenever I talk into the microphone, uh, I was the game will be airing live from Kazakhstan. <laughs> it's Tempe. What did I say? Tempe. <laughs> what are you like French all of a sudden? That's how the locals pronounce it. Oh my gosh. Parlez-vous Tempe? <laughs> I can't wait to go to to Bell Street <laughs> down in Tempe okay. Okay. and watch some football. <laughs> Kalen Balaj ran up a hill to find Demario Richard. <laughs> they found a two-headed monster. Ooh. My voice is my password. Verify me. Go you. Go you. <laughs> Wait, Missy? Go Utes. Would you say I have a plethora of beads?